Good morning. Welcome to church. Welcome to Trinity. A um, little song, a little invitation to the table. Round the table. And then uh, Kathy and Alice are going to play for us when we're done. So round the table. Stories that are not yet sung. 
I couldn't agree more. Thank you. Uh, Thank you to Kathy and Alice for that beautiful prelude. Kathy and Alice are going to play for us again uh, during communion, and we're very thankful. They've been here all morning long, and we are appreciative of your music. Uh, Also, welcome to Denise Baker. Denise is in the front row, and Denise is back. Uh, visiting us uh, from uh, Texas. She was in for the weekend and for Tom Bast funeral yesterday. She's singing with Marianne, and uh, it's always warms our heart to see you, Denise. Always wonderful to see you. And uh, Chris Berniger is with us in the front row here. Chris is going to be preaching this morning. Uh, Chris and his wife Amy come to our church. They've moved to the island after retiring after uh, 30 years in the Evangelical Covenant Church cousins of the Lutherans. We're all Lutheran, I guess, there. And, uh, but Chris is going to preach today, and we're so thankful for, for that, Chris. Thank you for that. And we are so thankful to see you all mask up, being safe, here together. Uh, we're doing the best we can to get, get us all through this pandemic. It's not an easy map going forward for any of us or any of us making these decisions, but we so appreciate uh, your patience, your flexibility, and your good spirit as we worship together, because it is good that we are here. Amen? Amen. We were apart for a long time, and we are here now. And everything's going to be projected for you, so you can just follow along the projections, all the hymns, everything. you also notice that the table is set for us as we will be gathering for Holy Communion a little later in the service. So our opening hymn is an invitation, really. It's an exciting hymn about getting up in the morning with a bounce in your step because it's Sunday and you get to go to church, and it's called Let Us Go Now to the Banquet. If it's comfortable for you, I'm going to invite you to stand. Gathered in God's house, we worship in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us go now to the banquet. We continue with the litany, a responsive reading that is projected for you. Married, divorced, or single here? Conservative or liberal here? Big or small here? Doubt or believe here? Gay or straight here? Woman or man here, whatever your race here, in the imitation of the ridiculous love Almighty God has for us, 
For mine is the church. Our hymn of praise is going to invite you to sing and to get a little exercise with your fingers. Open the door. See all the people. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, help us to be your church. Everyone welcome, everyone equal. Help us to see as you see. Help us to love as you love. And send your Holy Spirit now that we may be fed with bread and wine and be set free from all that would seek to divide us. We pray in the name that is above all others. Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. And Lois is going to read for us at this time. Thank you, Lois. The Gospel lesson is from the sixth chapter of John. So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum, looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw signs, but because you are filled of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life which the Son of Man will give you. For it is on him that God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, What sign are you going to give us then so that we may see it and believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, 
and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. The word of the Lord. Good morning, Trinity. How is everybody doing this morning? How many of you know we serve a wonderful God? A God who created the heavens and the earth. So I just want you all to join in with me and celebrate how wonderful our Lord is. And Carl and I are going to sing to you, all right? Is that okay? All right.
any great how great thou art You know, as a, uh, a pastor, having that stunning rendition sung, I'd just like to call the ushers forward and we're going to take up an offering. Right now. <laughs> that was amazing. Thank you so very much. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Well, if you came in late, my name is Chris. I used to be a pastor. I'm living on the island now. About four years ago, my wife and I retired to the island. We live on the south end. I'm restoring a house, I'm enjoying cooking, a lot of different things, and uh, recently have made this our church home. So, here I am, here I am. So, it is a pleasure for me to be here unpacking God's word with you, and we're gonna do a continuation, if you were here last week, of the same story that Pastor Jim opened up for us. It comes out of John chapter six. And Pastor Jim, last week, uh, wished us something. Do you remember what he wished us? He said, I wish you wonder. I wish you wonder. And that's a, that's a wonderful wish. Um, living on this beautiful island, as many of us do, it, it's, it's easy to be wowed by the wonder of Whidbey Island. It's just a wonderful place. So I hope you found a shot of wonder this last week. So picking up on that theme, this week, I'm here to wish you bon appetit. Bon appetit. I just love saying that. Bon appetit. If you've been to a French restaurant or if you've eaten in France, in all likelihood, the waiter, before presenting the food, will say bon appetit, or when the food arrives, bon appetit. It's short for good appetite. That's literally what it means. It's kind of shorthand for I hope you have a healthy appetite because we have been cooking up a storm back here and we are going to set the table. Bon appetit. So as a home chef, I am delighted to unpack this gospel story, which is all about food and appetite and hunger and in the center of it all, Jesus. So we catch up to Jesus just after he and his disciples have fed a very large group, very large. And they had been fed because of the miraculous activity of Jesus along with his disciples, having multiplied a couple of fish and a few loaves of bread. And the people get their fill, and after they experience this miracle, this crowd of people. They start murmuring among themselves, this must be the prophet that we have been waiting for. And John inserts a very telling editorial comment at this point, and it's the hinge from last week to this week. John tells us, Jesus knew that the crowd intended to make him a king by force, and so he withdraws gets into a boat, goes across the lake, and he withdraws from the crowd and their pressure. He's not going to be a king on their terms. The next day, the crowd searches for Jesus. They find Jesus. They go across the lake, and then Jesus engages this crowd. It's one of the few examples in Scripture where we find Jesus engaging the crowd in a give-and-take manner. There's a lot of uh, dialogue among the disciples and people that he encounters, but not so much with a large crowd. And that's what we have here, and it's fascinating, it's skillful, and of course it is revealing. 
And so Jesus begins by addressing this crowd, probably Galileans, many of them God-fearing Jews, so this is not an irreligious group of people. Um, they, They address him as rabbi, a term of respect, and also maybe testing the waters as to whether or not they should follow him as as, as a disciple. Jesus knows all this, and he begins his address by looking at the crowd, and he doesn't begin with the four spiritual laws, he doesn't begin with a bunch of doctrine pounded over their head, he doesn't begin with Luther's catechism, he begins instead by addressing the short-sightedness of their cravings the short-sightedness of their cravings. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. You are looking for me, not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. They had their fill, but they're still not quite satisfied. So Jesus, discerning that, says those words. I hope you have discovered at this point in your life that you can be full and not yet satisfied. It's true with food, isn't it? How many of you have ever experienced the urgings for a late night refrigerator raid? <laughs> right? <laughs> you get, you know, you open the door, you look around, maybe you nibble a little of this and a little of that and a little of this and you go to bed and you say to yourself, why did I eat all that stuff so late? You're full, but maybe you're not quite so satisfied. Well, a lot of people nibble their way through life. They nibble their way through relationships, through vocation, through possessions, through multiple bags of potato chips, whatever it may be. They just kind of nibble their way through life, and they're not yet satisfied. Now, we know this because Mick Jagger, one of the preeminent theologians of my generation, sang a song that's like an anthem for my generation, I Can't Get No. You know the anthem well. Maybe you've lived the anthem. Of course, we all have. St. Augustine said, Our soul is restless until it finds rest in God. Why is that? Well, our God created souls are too large to be filled by anything less than God. But when our soul is filled with God, all the other stuff becomes that much more satisfying. I love how Jesus nudges the crowd to come into this awareness, to become aware of the immediate cravings that they have as being not quite enough, and then challenges them in this next phase to address their deep hunger, their deep hunger. And so Jesus says, do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. Now, when I was a kid, they invented these. These are Pop-Tarts. 1964. These blew my mind. I would beg my mom in the grocery store to get Pop-Tarts because what we had as a staple in our house were grape nuts. (laughs) It's like you're eating sawdust or shredded wheat. Why would you eat shredded wheat? without sugar on it. So these things, these things were just amazing to me because, of course, they, they come in this box in these shiny metallic packets. Looks like they've been designed by NASA. You know, and this is food that will not spoil, right? This is food that will absolutely not spoil. So perfectly heated, heatable rectangles. You can eat them, you can eat them just out of the packet, but why? They go in the toaster. And they come with frosting on top. I, I just thought these were great. I thought they were a scientific breakthrough to end all scientific breakthroughs. <laughs> I thought, what, who needs shredded wheats and grape nuts when you got these, right? Well, fortunately, my mom knew a thing or two about nutrition. And while she would cave to my begging in the grocery line and the grocery aisle, 
She knew that these things have about as much nutritional value as the box that they come in. But still, but still, I could eat a whole box. In fact, in preparation for this message today, I almost did eat a whole box. <laughs> Not today, but uh, over the course of the week. I kind of spread it out, but I could eat a whole box of these. But the problem is, as my mom knew well, my appetite for real, whole, healthy food would crash. It would crash. So I, not a good idea. But that same dynamic plays into our spiritual lives. We can fill up on a lot of things. We can fill up on junk food, we can fill up on possessions, we can fill up on, uh, you name it, you name it, and still not be satisfied and still not be healthy. So this is what Jesus is trying to get the crowd to acknowledge. He's wanting them to come to, to an awareness, and they are beginning to comprehend. So they look to Jesus, who has just said, work for food that endures, don't work for food that spoils, and they say, sir, from now on, give us this bread. I want in. Whatever you did, it's amazing. More, please. And Jesus looks at him and then declares, I am the bread of of life. The bread of life. Now this would have had rich meaning for most of those in that crowd, especially if they were God-fearing Jews, as I suspect most of them were. Because it's Passover when Jesus says these words. And central to Passover was the unleavened bread, bread not baked with yeast, called the bread of affliction. And it's to, to depict the hardship of what the Israelites endured in their exodus out of Egypt and the manna that they ate daily that was provided by God, unleavened bread. In a riff on that, Jesus says, I am your Passover. The freedom your people, my people, experienced exiting out of Egypt is the same freedom I'm offering you. I'm the Passover lamb. I'm the bread of life. I'm your way of freedom from the bonds that shackle you. I am the sustenance you need. Bread was a daily staple. Everybody ate bread multiple times a day. Don't think wonder bread. Think, you know, hard, crusty, artesian bread that you can sink your teeth into and maybe break a molar. This was serious bread. Serious bread. And, and Jesus is, is taking that metaphor and saying, I am it. I am the sustenance you need. I am the life you need. Come to me. That's the work of God. Don't think about what you need to do. Just come to me and believe in me. I'll show you the way. So later that day, Jesus again addresses the same crowd. And he kind of turns up the challenge. He looks at this crowd and says, I tell you the truth. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. You have no life in you, flesh and blood. And, and so with this talk of walking dead and flesh and blood, what do the crowds do? Do they clamor for more? Do they say, sign me up? Do they become disciples of Jesus? Well, the answer is no. We're told by John that the crowd turns away and from that day stopped following Jesus. Now, you have to capture the irony. John is brilliant with irony. It is so thick here. Having been fed by Jesus, right? Having been fed by Jesus, they search Jesus for more, but they encounter in Jesus one who will not satisfy their every whim and desire. And so they turn away, ironically, from the source of the very satisfaction that they're craving. It's kind of a sad, ironic moment in the gospel but we need to just pause and acknowledge that this is a real deal for Christians, 
people of all faith. In our journey of faith, we will be disappointed when we seek God to, meet, to ask God to meet our needs as we only understand them. But the beauty of allowing God to be God, as Luther said, is that he knows better than we know what we need. And along the way, there will be course corrections. God will challenge us in our displaced cravings, our displaced appetites, and point us in the direction of that which is far more satisfying. So the crowd departs from Jesus, and Jesus turns to his disciples, and then he asks them an honest, open question. He asks, so you, disciples, do you want to leave also? He recognizes that they are disheartened. So many potential disciples gone. He recognizes that they are discouraged. And I imagine the disciples kind of shuffling their feet and looking down at the ground and nobody speaking up. And then brash, bold Peter speaks up, as he often does, as a representative for the group. And he looks to Jesus and says, Lord, where shall we go? To whom shall we go? For you have the words of eternal life. They still don't get it, but they get enough. They get enough to stay with Jesus until at least up until the time he was arrested, but then jump back on board in the resurrection. They're confused. They don't get it all. They don't understand it all, but they know enough. They know enough about Jesus that their hearts are drawn, they are attracted, and they will continue to walk with him. Their journey of faith continues down the road. I'm going to leave them there and talk now a little bit just in closing about our journey of faith. We glean from this text. On our journey of faith, we will find ourselves drawn to God. We will find ourselves sometimes confused by God. That's what faith is all about. We will sometimes find ourselves disappointed by God and maybe even wanting to turn away from God. But our God is big. And God knows the road we travel. He knows every wrong turn I've taken. He knows every fork in the road that's gone to a place that was probably not that healthy. He knows every late-night Pop-Tart binge I've ever had. (laughs) He knows it all, and at every step... God's desire for us never hesitates. God loves us without hesitation, without pause, without regret, and without remorse. And he never stops doing so because God is love. So be of good cheer. The one who said, I am the bread of life, was raised from the dead, and he is now present with us, even today, to host this meal, which we will enjoy later around this table. Be of good cheer, because this host, Jesus, our Lord and Savior, is here to maybe nudge us towards a deeper satisfaction, maybe you, by offering himself, perhaps in a fresh way, offering us freedom, sustenance, satisfaction, and life, life abundant. The psalmist declares, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Bon appetit, my friends, for this is the gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Sing along with Carl, uh, I Come With Joy. It's a song that has a little bit of a dance feel to it, so uh, if you feel your feet moving, go ahead and move. You can even just rock back and forth, that would be fine too.
We lift our hearts now to God in prayer. Lois is going to lead us in this time of prayer. Each petition will end, Lord, in your mercy. Our response together will be, hear our prayer. Let us pray. Treasuring your promise to hear us when we call, we pray for the church, those in need, and all of your creation. God, we hear your call of welcome. Welcome to the table, welcome to abundance in you, welcome to your heart of love. Let us trust that invitation and extend radical hospitality to all people. Let us love and invite others as they are, as you have loved us. Let us follow Jesus and open our lives to the stranger in our midst. Lord, in your mercy, Creative God, we pray for the earth in this summertime. We give thanks for times of relaxation and regeneration. Make us good stewards of creation. Keep watch over those who toil to protect our forests and homes from fire and work to mitigate the effects of natural disasters around the world. Lord, in your mercy. We lift up Simone, Mark, Naomi, and all who prioritize their health, mental, physical, and spiritual, over the demands of a world that always asks for more. The psalmist says, we are marvelously made. Let us claim that birthright and seek the wholeness for all. Lord, in your mercy, Healing God, we are a community of many gifts and many needs. Comfort those who have lost loved ones, either to this virus or to other causes. Lift them up by your love and our service, reminding them of your promise that you will not leave them comfortless. Lord, in your mercy. God, you provide food that endures for eternal life. Let us be your hands and feet. Into your wide embrace, gracious God, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your boundless mercy through Jesus Christ, your Son. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you. Please share a sign of peace and greeting with one another.
Thank you for sharing that greeting of the peace. After the service, would encourage you to come on over in the gym for coffee and cookies, a time of fellowship. There's uh, coffee and cookies in the gym. You would take your mask off, obviously, when you're there. Also outside in the courtyard, uh, there's coffee as you head out in the courtyard uh, as well. Uh, we've been celebrating this morning with Daryl and Carol Dyer, who at the early service, their 65th wedding anniversary. And um, so we celebrated them. They've been uh, dear members of our church for most of those 65 years. Flowers are given in memory of Tom Bass. We had a beautiful service yesterday for Tom, Marianne, and Denise, our love for you in the midst of grief and as we celebrate Tom's life. The stained glass windows that you saw coming into the sanctuary or coming into the narthex this morning were done by Tom as well. As you go in the gym, on the left side of the gym, there's photographs that Tom has taken. Uh, some of them uh, taken on a trip that we took to Israel in 2013. Some of you might have been on that. But any of those pictures that you would like, you're welcome to uh, take home with you as well today. Uh, I'm going to call on Deacon Amy. She's got to come forward. Good morning. You probably hopefully noticed the decorations out in the narthex. That means that we're just about ready for Vacation Bible School. VBS and day camp starts tomorrow morning. We'll be here um, all day with lots of kids, different ages, having fun, good times, we want to offer a big, huge thank you to our volunteers who have already been working hard to um, get everything set up and prepped for the week, and to everybody who's going to be here all week. Thank you, and thank you to the Ruby Education Fund that sponsors VBS so we can make this week happen affordably for all of our families. Um, our mission project at Vacation Bible School this week is a food drive, so if you want to help out by bringing your non-perishable food items to worship with you next Sunday, that would be great. We'll have a big collection that we can help feed our hungry neighbors with. And a note about our youth group. We typically meet on Tuesday afternoons. This week we're not meeting because we'll all be here at VBS and day camp. And then the next Tuesday we're going to meet at Double Bluff Beach, and that'll be our last Tuesday gathering for the summer. We'll start up again after the school year. Thanks. All right. Hey, thank you, Deacon Amy. A big week coming up. A kind of a bone to pick with you, though. Did you put the decorations up out there? Well, there's a portrayal of an old, bald pastor out there, and I just, it just uh, does, I don't really appreciate it. Anyway, we'll go from there. A word about uh, communion. Now, this has been, thank you, for, again, thank you for your patience as we try to navigate this pandemic and pay attention to science and what's best for all of us and how we are a community together, uh, caring more than just about ourselves, but about all those in our family. So thank you for that. We're communing together today, so a word about communion. The usher is going to help you to come down the center aisle. We'll meet you on each side of the baptismal font there. You'll receive the host. Go ahead and consume that host, the, the bread of life, Jesus, the bread of life coming to you. And then at the next station, you'll receive individual glasses. All the glasses have grape juice. You don't have to worry about the alcohol thing. They all have grape juice. Um, the blood of Christ shed for you. Go ahead and drink that, consume that, and then drop the little, uh, little glass in the basket at the end of the aisle on your way back. Now, obviously, as you approach the font, you'll pull your mask down, um, and then we will serve you. And then after you put your glass away, you can pull your mask back on. Important through this entire, um, entire pandemic has been self-selection, for you to do what you feel safe doing. Uh, what you feel safe for you and your extended family. So if you are comfortable taking the little glass but not maybe receiving the wafer, you know that our theology is that you fully receive Jesus Christ by receiving one or both of the elements of Holy Communion. So Jesus has you covered. Uh, but most importantly, always when we come together, is to know that all are welcome. All are always welcome at this table. And it makes no difference, as Chris said, where you've been in your life. It makes no difference if you've never worshipped with Lutherans before. You are welcome now and always here for the celebration of Holy Communion. I'm going to invite you to stand now as we move towards this celebration.
We gather now at a table that welcomed our parents and grandparents, a table that will welcome Christians across the globe this day of a variety of colors and denominations. It is a table where there is only one host, and it is not a pastor or a denomination or any church. Jesus Christ is the bread of life. Jesus Christ is the one and only host of this meal. And so as we gather, we remember a Thursday night in an upper room in Jerusalem. It was Holy Week. It was the night when Jesus would be betrayed. And he took the bread and he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples saying strange words. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And they ate. And again after supper, he took the cup and gave thanks. And he gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. As often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, Jesus Christ has promised to be present with us on our journey and invites us to come. Let us pray now as Jesus taught us to pray the Lord's Prayer. Father, in name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The gifts of God for you, the people of God, all are welcome. Please come. You may be seated.
What the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only thing that there's just too little of. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. No, not just for some. Now may the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you now and always in God's grace. Amen. And now, fed and forgiven, satisfied by the bread of life, you are called and sent to go out those doors to make a difference in the world. And as you go, you don't go alone. We go together. And as you go, may God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And our sending hymn, Go Make a Difference.
special note to scream. <laughs> I can do that. What, the last song? Yes. 